Hey guys, this is Melvin and Kimberly Ellis from the Soul Sense Podcast. Uh, for those of you who know us, that's normally Kimberly saying uh, the intro, but we're switching it up. <laughs> <laughs> so something we wanted to do uh, coming up this year is more vlogs, more video content. Mm-hmm. And we figured this was as good a time as any by doing an intro for a podcast we have coming out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, well, probably today by the time you're hearing this. Yeah. But uh, we figured we would uh, do the intro and just videotape that. Um, we got a, a great uh, couple on, Ashley and Carrington Brown, or Carrington and Ashley Brown, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As you can tell, we've taped this a couple of times. But anyways, uh, yeah, so one of the things that we want to do, one of the, um, I guess, uh, ongoing uh, episodes that we want to have is a hand-in-hand series where we bring on a multitude of different uh, married couples that have different backgrounds. Um, we've already done a couple, uh, a couple of those. We've done our own hand in hand, uh, story, but we've also had newlyweds and we have a lot of different other types of married couples, um, and just really showcase how they are currently in the stage that they're in, in life, how they are currently walking hand in hand. Yeah. Just really trying to give people, not just give people tools, but bring people in to help us as well, but just make tools available for, for married couples uh, and just trying to, to figure this thing out. Mm-hmm. Um, like she said, we try to bring in a wide range of people, young married couples, couples with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and this couple, they are uh, young. They have young children, but they're just phenomenal. A yeah. powerhouse couple. Mm-hmm. Both of them are uh, entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Um, Ash- Ashley does a lot of public speaking and and so does Carrington. They do a yeah. lot together as well. And, and then they have a uh, initiative together mm-hmm. called Dating with Purpose, and it is amazing. Yeah. Uh, we'll leave the, the handles and all that kind of stuff in the uh, description of the podcast, but you've got to check it out. Mm-hmm. But you've got to check out this podcast. It, it is amazing. Um, they drop some gems. Yeah, drop some gems. Super vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like we, we're lifelong friends. You know, we've only known them a very short while, but they mm-hmm. opened up, you know, and were very vulnerable with us. And uh, yeah, I found it refreshing. Yeah. So like Melvin said, we're going to have all their handles um, in the description box Um, because their initiative is dating with purpose. We wanted to bring them on because they are full time entrepreneurs and their individual ministries really overlap. And we wanted them to talk to us about how they are married with purpose. So, um, again, Carrington and Ashley Brown, you'll find them on Instagram and uh, Facebook. Ashley is at Ashley Empowers. And Carrington is at the Carrington Brown. And again, we'll have that in the description box for you. Yep. So anything else? Nope. You guys are in for a treat. Have a good one. Bye. Hey guys, you are tuned back into the Soul Sense Podcast. You have your hostess with the mostest, Kim, and your trusty wingman, Melvin. Hey guys. I know he's laughing when I say that. Because <laughs> it's so funny. Well, guys, we have a treat for you. We have Carrington and Ashley Brown, known as. Do you still go by the Fit Pastor? People still call me the Fit Pastor, but I really kind of just go by Carrington Brown now. Carrington Brown. And you may know Ashley as Ashley Empowers. Hello, everyone. 
And y'all, you know, we all about bringing more resources in for you guys and just giving, you know, we want to present different perspectives. And we, me and Melvin, we only have our perspective. So we want to be able to give y'all content to fit everyone. So we wanted to bring these guys in so we could talk about a little bit about marriage hand in hand and talk about the, the stage that they are in at this point. But before we get into that, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> What's going on, y'all? Just like to shake it out. Yeah. 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 How's everything been going? How y'all week been going? How was my week? I know. I feel like it day. was busy. Mine was yeah. too, and it's low key a blur. Yeah, that's how the week be. Jumbled together. Yeah, but yeah. it's been a busy week. Yeah. How you been, Mel? I've been good, busy, very busy, still working with a, a product release mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm. going through all those, getting ready to go to, where am I going? New Orleans. New Orleans, yeah. Nolens. Nolens for mm-hmm. seven days or something like that. It's going to be seven. Oh, no, it's No, not. he don't like that. He don't, don't like, like that. Because <laughs> we're going to be on, me and the girl's about to be on the road trip and he's going to miss that. Cause Maybe not seven days. I, I think it's remember. like five. Yeah, five I'm like, I think it's like five. So you uh, and the girls aren't going to New Orleans? Mm-mm, because he's going on a work trip. Oh, okay. So he's going in to, he, when he goes on these work trips, he be locked in like 16 hour days. That's why he don't like it. Oh, wow. So our oldest is getting ready to go on spring break in a couple of weeks and we, you know, I took off the whole week and we about to like, before we go, we're all as a family going to do some stuff because we've been trying to like reward her for her good behavior. This year has been a struggle for us. <laughs> and we're really, we're at that point and the audience knows that we have been trying to mold character. You know, they get to a point where they remember things, they pick up things they ask questions, and now you have to start explaining why you do what you do. Yeah. And so we've been doing a lot of training in the word and a lot of crying, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of discipline. Yeah. We're in the same place. Our daughter, I don't know if she does it for Ashley, but I know for me for mm-hmm. sure, anytime I give her direction, tell her to do something, why? Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm your daddy. You just can't keep asking me why yeah. like that. <laughs> and I've had to catch our way. Like, I mean, like we were telling y'all about the couple that came that comes every month. Yeah. And it's like without any hesitation, every time they show up, that's when she want to show her tail. And so half of the time they discipling us on us being consistent and, and being on one page yeah. with our parenting and stuff, because we, you know, when you a parent. You know, y'all got y'all roles. You know what I'm saying? Like, one of y'all is more lax. One of y'all is more disciplinarian. And, and, you know, and it can swing. And so, yeah. So, we've been doing... So, all that to say is that (laughs) when she does good things, we try to reward her. You know? And so, she's been doing pretty good. She's been doing pretty good. So, we are going to take her to a water park, the indoor water park over in Grand Prairie, and just... You know, just have fun. Take the little one along with us. And so then we're going to go out of town to Tennessee and visit my family. Okay. And um, he'll be in New Orleans and we'll be FaceTiming you like, look what we're doing. Why you working? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But 
but you know, somebody got to bring home the bacon. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you want to get into introducing our our guest here? Let's. Oh, yeah. let, so, where are you from, Carrington? So, myself, I'm born and raised in Dallas, Texas, Oak Cliff, to be exact. Oh wow! Much, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and Ashley, where are you from? I am from Wichita, Kansas. The Dove K. Yeah. Wichita, Kansas. The Dove K is what we call it. Three one six. So what we'll do, because let's start out, let's start here. Introduce yourselves and what you all do now, briefly, if you can. Got it. So, baby, I'll let you go first because I'm a gentleman like that. <laughs> okay, sure. So my name is Ashley Brown. People know me as Ashley Empowers. I... Um, have the brand Ashley Empowers Dating with Purpose. And really my platform is all about promoting healthy relationships with God at the center. And I have been doing this since for about the past five years. Um, But from a business standpoint, I was in corporate America for quite some time. And then in 2016, I decided that I wanted to do Ashley empowers full time and really just dedicate my time to helping women prepare for marriage. Um, and it's been great ever since. So now I'm a full time mom, wife, business owner. And once again, my name is Carrington Brown. Um, in some circles known as the fit pastor. <laughs> and um, I partner with my wife on the the ministry and the mission of dating with purpose and equipping people um, to do marriage right, to do relationships right. Um, personally, along with that, I'm a relationship consultant and a speaker. And so I work with clients and I equip them with the tools and perspectives mm. needed to create thriving and healthy relationships. Okay, nice. okay. Now, I'll tell you, we went to, uh, I met you guys uh, when we, what was that restaurant called? Oddfellas. Oddfellas. Yeah. It's not a, I'm not a paid endorsee, but it was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was very, uh, I was very inspired by our conversation. And one thing I did take away was when you're talking about, when you first said, I'm a relationship coach, right? The something popped into my, I think the same thing that pops into all our listeners heads is like, a relationship coach, you know, like let's working on your marriage or whatever else. Yeah. But you can't, can you, I don't know if you can remember or if, or if this is kind of the, but the way that you said it to me was, you know, you start out and tell me if I'm wrong here. You start out with your relationship with God as the root and then your relationship with yourself. Yeah. And then your relationship with others. Someone else, yeah. So the way I say it is, Drop I help people create healthy and thriving relationships with the source, themselves, and then someone else. Hey, that's way better. <laughs> <laughs> but but the reason why is because, like you said, like when people hear relationships, most of the time they just think like intimate relationships, dating yeah. relationships, marriage. But it's like, those are important and I help with those, but those aren't the most important. Yeah. Right. Like if your relationship with God isn't where it needs to be, I promise your damn relationships are going to work. If your relationship with yourself isn't where it needs to be, I guarantee your relationship with someone else is going to work. Because as people, it's very difficult to position yourself in a relationship with somebody that'll treat you the way that you deserve to be treated if you don't believe that you deserve to be treated. Mm. And so if you're in that situation, what's going to happen is you're going to sabotage that situation. Like you're going to try to prove yourself right. And so you're going to unconsciously a lot of times do things to prove yourself right and make that person leave you just so you can say, hey, I told you so to yourself. Mm. Mm. Oh, 
I didn't get that deep when I was quoting you, but I definitely <laughs> quoted you probably at least 10 times, <laughs> told people about, uh, man, I met this guy, and he, he blew me away with this relationship coach thing because he spin, came a different spin on it. But uh, no, that's amazing. Um, you're going to say something to me? Yeah. So y'all have both mentioned dating with purpose. Definitely. And so let's give the people, let's start from the beginning and move forward. Okay. okay. So... What brought y'all to the conviction as individuals with dating with purpose, even before it was dating with purpose? Like what made you start to be like, wait, I'm doing this dating thing. Uh, it's not right. So yeah. Yeah. let me figure this out. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great question. So for me personally, I grew up in a household in an environment where I witnessed healthy, dysfunctional relationships. Mm. And growing up, my mom, for the majority of my life, she was a single mother. She had four girls raising us on her own for the majority of the time. And we went through financial hardships, lived on um, government assistance, Section 8, you name it. And even though we were on government assistance, one thing she was intentional about was having us in a thriving environment. So most people that are on um, government assistance, they live in the hood, they live in the projects, but we lived in the suburbs of the city that I'm from. Okay, And so I was able to witness and see healthy two-parent households, kids mm. that were going on vacations with their family, people that had recreational income to do things. Mm. And so it started to change my perception of relationships. So I, as I started to grow up, I had a desire to one day have a family and to have a healthy relationship, okay. but I just was not equipped with the tools to do so. So when I was old enough to date, I found myself repeating a lot of the cycles in a lot of the habits that I saw people around myself, people around me making. Mm -hmm. And so I was in my fair share of unhealthy and toxic relationships. And it wasn't until I was 21. I it was my about a week before I graduated from college, I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, which is what I now know was an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Cause I also side note did not grow up in church. Okay. So, um, I was in my sorority house and, um, it was a late night, a week before I graduated and the Holy Spirit put on my heart that in order for me to have the type of relationship that I've been desiring in order to, for me to be in the position that I desired that I needed to make some changes, which meant me not having friends with benefits, me stopping drinking and smoking and doing all these things that did not glorify him okay. so from that point my life began to change because I started to educate myself and renew my mind when it came to what it's like to have a relationship with God and okay. what it's like to pursue healthy relationships okay so that was my turning point and I know Carrington's going to jump in here but how I got to the point where I actually wanted to what I call date with purpose which is dating with the intention of getting married, not just dating to talk, not just dating to kill time, not just mm. dating to, you know, have to companionship, <laughs> right. But dating for it to turn into marriage, if that's God's will. Yeah. And I got to that point after, um, I decided, you know, okay, I want to do things differently. They say the definition of insanity is to expect a different result, but continue doing the same mm -hmm 
thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, okay, I need to do something different because my relationships have been ending. They've been toxic. And um, I went through a, a really bad breakup. And after that breakup, I was probably still in my early 20s. Shortly after that, uh, after I graduated, I said, I have to do something differently. And um I said, I have to do something differently. And I said, the next person that is my boyfriend will be my husband. And that's how Carrington and I, uh, that's the note that we got together on. Okay. Cool. And so for myself, okay, um, it's funny. It really blows my mind because every time like I hear my wife's testimony, it's like, yeah, that really sounds like mine. Mm. Um, so I myself as well grew up. Um, having great examples of how not to do relationships. Oh. Um, definitely dysfunctional. My father wasn't there um, for a period of time. And then, so because of that, I grew up with my mother. Um, and she didn't pick too good. Um, I hadn't, I've never seen my mother be a part of a positive, healthy, thriving relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because I grew up in that environment, a lot of that shaped you know, the way that I, I saw relationships and experienced relationships. But the blessing in that is, the way that God wired me was to learn how to do something by having an example of what it looks like to not do it. Mm, and so what I would do okay. is I would observe the relationship between my mother and whoever her husband was at the time. And I would observe how their words and what they did in their actions, how, how they, you know, connected with her or what, what her response to it was. And so I would say, okay, he said this to her. That made her sad. So I don't need to do that. I don't need to say that. Like, okay, he did this. That was her. Okay, boom. I don't need to do that. And so from that, I said, okay, so moving forward in relationships, that's what I need to pursue. Like, I need to be like that. That didn't work. Um, And the reason why is because because I grew up in that environment, one thing I know and recognize is that us as children um, growing up in life, we pursue relationships that reflect the ones that we saw our parents having. Right. So even though I said, I don't want to do this, don't want to do that, don't want to do this, don't want to do that, um, because I grew up in that environment seeing that, I just naturally begun to just have the same characteristics, qualities, yeah. and the same dysfunctional, unhealthy relationships. Mm-hmm. And so when I got to college, um, I, I told myself, like, I'm ready for marriage. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to be a husband. Like, I'm, I don't, I don't want to just do this, that, and the other. But then um, as I played football in college, I became the stereotypical football player. Okay, okay. And so I started to live that life. And then one day um, – Side note, I grew up in church, but I knew nothing about a relationship with God. And so one day I was walking through the student center um, and I saw a group of ladies to my to the left of me. And I just kept walking. And one of them like waved me down and said, hey, you know, can you come here for a second? And in my mind, I'm like, OK, she about to ask me for my number. <laughs> I'm about to turn her down. Oh, this is about to be just what it is. <laughs> so I walked over to her and she said, quick question. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, what is your relationship like with God? I said, What? <laughs> She said, what is your relationship like with God? And I said, God is my God. Like, we tight. And she said, well, God desires more time with you, more intimate, mm. quality time with you. I was like, okay, got you. Mm. What about my business? And so later that night, a friend of mine, one of my teammates, he came to me and said, hey, man, I met these ladies, man, and they awesome, man. I want you to come to Bible study with me. So because I grew up in the church, I'm like, I love Jesus. Let's go to Bible study. I'm with it. Went to Bible study, same ladies. So we're sitting at the table talking, um, going through Bible study and everything, and she just stopped. And um, the lady looked at me and she said, God said being a good person won't get you into heaven. Mm. 
And I said, what do you mean? She said, God, show me your heart, how loving you are, how caring you are. And all of that's great in their characteristics and qualities of God. But because you don't have a relationship with God, you can die at this moment with all the good things that you've done and won't get a well done simply because God has no idea who you are because oh. you don't have an intimate relationship with him. And so that conversation, like literally I tell people, like scared the hell out of me. So like I went home uh, talked to my roommates, broke down crying. I said, okay, I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to stop doing that. I'm not doing none of this no more. Um, and just started changing. Um, and then after being abstinent for five months, uh, I met a young lady. And when I looked at her, guy said, no, don't do it. Stop. That's not for me. That's your next mistake if mm, you keep going. Okay. Didn't listen to him. Abstinence ended. Went through nine months of dysfunction in this relationship. And then... um. After I finally ended that relationship, um, I was at a Bible study one night with my campus ministry that I was a part of. And um, the president, she pulled me to the side and said, Carrington, I need to tell you something. I said, what's up? She said, "Um, God showed me the desires of your heart. And one of your desires is a skip step. And I said, what is a skip step? She said, that means you want to skip the process of preparing for something that God is calling you to or that you want. She said that you desire so badly to be a husband. You don't want to go through the process of preparing to be a husband. Like you're a great guy, a great man, but being a great husband and a great man are two different things. Mm. So that night I went home. I said, you know what, God, whatever process you need to take me through to prepare me for this blessing of a wife that you have for me, do it. Whatever it is, however this uncomfortable, painful it is, like whatever you got to do, do it. Mm. And that was important for me. And it only took three months after me surrendering to God to meet Ashley. And that oh, was so wow. important for me because... I knew the vision that I had for relationships and it didn't reflect the the characteristics of my previous ones. But then along with that, it didn't feel like that. Mm. Like I didn't want a relationship where sex was the foundation. I didn't want a relationship where we're arguing, talking to each other crazy, cussing each other out. Like I didn't want that. I want a relationship where there was mutual respect, mutual caring, mutual um, um, sacrifice and giving in a relationship that's rooted and founded in God so that, I can glorify God in everything that I do. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, drop the mic right there, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> no, we got a little bit more. So, you got anything, Melvin? No, continue. Yeah. Whew. Well, uh, well, leading us. So, y'all brought us up to individuals. So, what was dating with purpose? What did that look like for you guys? Hold on. I got one oh, thing. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> so... When you went to your your football, were you accepted in the same way, or did things change in that situation? Or with the football team? Because I can only, I mean, I can imagine being a college athlete. That's so. um, This is how that went. So. Initially, they started observing the change in me uh-huh. um, because actually at this time I was like coming off of an injury. So I was still mm. like rehabbing and stuff. So they were like, okay, I love it. I've always been positive, but they like, you know, something different about you. And so when I started changing, they were like, yo, I respect it. I love it. But what really like threw them off was um, I went through a situation in this relationship where I had separated myself from everything and everybody that was God. Um, mm. simply because I wanted to be in this relationship mm-hmm. and I was trying to force this woman to be my wife. Mm. Like I would go to God and say, God, wow. this is my wife, make her my wife. Mm-hmm. And God was like, yo, that's not my best for you. That's not what I have for you. Like mm-hmm. I, I desire more for you. Mm-hmm. And so I was the uh, minister president of my campus ministry and I stopped going. Like, And so one day I went to the rec and one of my campus ministry sisters, she was in the rec and she said, hey bro, we ain't seen you. Like what's going on? And she came around the desk and we sat down, broke down crying in the rec center. 
Cause I'm like, oh, all this going on and this, that, and the other. I don't know. Like, I don't know what God won't. He's trying to tell, tell me to stop playing football and I don't know. Um, and so she's like, you know what? Tomorrow we're gonna have a Bible study with the, with the team. So next day we had a Bible study. Um, and my president, sister president, she's just so awesome. Uh, she pulled me to the side afterwards and was like, you know, what's going on? And um, I started just telling her, like, I'm in this relationship. It's not going the way I desired it to go. Like, I feel like God want me to leave this relationship, but I also feel like God want me to stop playing football. Mm. And so she asked me the question. She said, Carrington, what are you willing to give up for God? I said, whatever God wants, he can have. Like, that's my God. Whatever he wants, he can have. And so just kept going, telling what's going on. And she asked the question again, like, Carrington, like, what are you willing to give up for football? I mean, for God, I'm sorry. And she was like, whatever. I was like, whatever. Whatever God wants, he can have. And she said, Carrington, you're saying that, but your actions aren't reflecting that. Like, if you truly believe and trust that God is who he says he is, then your actions will say it. Like, you will step out on faith. And if God desires for you to play football, if you let it go, it has no choice but to come back. If God desires you to be in this relationship, if you let it go, it's going to come back. So me, being the man that I am, I broke down crying. Um and that day, a friend of mine drove me to Dallas. I cut off my dreads. The next day, I went to my football coaches, and I said, yo, I'm done. Because I had been feeling like, matter of fact, I knew God told me I need to stop. Because he said, you've made football your God, and you can't serve two masters. So you got to make a choice. And so I quit football the next day after this Bible study. And then that's when my football team was like, bro, what's going on? Uh, like, you rehabbing. You going hard. You about to yeah. get back on the field, and then you just quit. And I was like, yo, it's something bigger than football in my life now. Yeah. And so they were cool until I gave up football. Wow. <laughs> Do you still talk to a lot of them? Um, the ones that I was closest to, definitely. Like, okay. Matter of fact, I, this morning I was working out with one of my roommates from college because, like, okay. that's my brother. Uh-huh. Um, last night I had a men's meeting and a couple of guys from my college, like, they were there. So it's like... I'm still close to a lot. The ones that I actually had a real relationship with, mm-hmm. yeah, I still definitely converse with them. Wow. Oh, that kind of sounds a little bit, but you, but God made the flip around with us. <laughs> 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 but uh, so my, uh, my uh, next question is, what I was saying was dating with purpose. When the two of you guys got together, what did that look like? For you guys. Yeah. So with us, we were in our early 20s at the time when we first met. So Carrington and I met and um, shout out to Instagram Mm because we met on Instagram. (laughs) Um, Okay. So when Carrington and I first got together, uh, we both had our personal relationships with God and I was feeling really great because I was abstinent for a long period of time. But the mistake that I made when I got with Carrington was not communicating that with him. Mm. So we slipped up early on in the relationship. And because we did so, I thought the dating with purpose was just out the window Mm. because I was like, oh my gosh, we didn't start off in a healthy way. This relationship is doomed. But um, after that happened, we had a conversation about it and come to find out we actually both had the same desire of not having any type of sexual intimacy until we got married. So um, we began to date with purpose. So we didn't start off dating with purpose. Okay. And um, we, at that point, it was interesting because I was working in corporate America and I remember like the weekend that Monday I came back to work and I was so 
convicted. I had so much shame because I was like, oh my gosh, like God, I told you I would honor you in my relationships and this happened. And I went to work, I got to work early, which is like, so not the norm for me. And one of the ladies that I worked with is one of our spiritual mentors to this day. But I walk in the office and she was like, hey baby, you know, how, how are you doing? It was just me and her in our office. And I was like, I usually, you know, the quick response, people say, how are you doing? You say, I'm fine. But I literally just broke down crying Mm. and I told her what happened. I was like, I feel so bad about myself. And she said, why don't you and Carrington come to my church this weekend? We can pray. We can get you guys back on track. Mm. And it was all, it's it's so interesting because that when we ended up doing that, We literally just went to her church. She prayed with us. We repented. And that was like a pre-engagement counseling session, which we didn't know. We just thought we were just kind of going to meet with her and get some encouragement. And it turned into being premarital counseling after a while. Um, But so, yeah, we actually didn't start off dating with purpose. We um, didn't do things in a way that glorified God in the beginning, but we just repented and started fresh. Mm-hmm. 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 And, and a lot of that switching up has to do with um, implementing expectations, standards, and boundaries in the relationships. Mm-hmm. So like Netflix and the chiller, we ain't doing that. Yeah. Yeah, it's not yeah. happening. Yeah. We don't need to cuddle. And really, you know, boundaries are so important because um, – those are the things that like position you to really thrive in a relationship. And so it's like in a relationship, you have to know you enough and desire for it to be successful enough to say, okay, we can't do this. No matter how crazy it may look to other people, we can't do it. It's like for Ash and I, um, we didn't kiss for a long time, like months. And the reason why is because baby, if we kiss because you so fine, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm so attracted to you. Mm-hmm. We might have some problems in here. Yeah. So we're yeah. not about to kiss. So it's like we didn't kiss. We didn't hug a specific mm-hmm. way. Like if we wanted to like, if we were in like a kissing mood, we always tell people like we would like rub like, cheeks. Rub, rub, yeah. <laughs> it was so wack. <laughs> but it's like it kept us from falling. Mm-hmm. And it was so big to us. Like boundaries were so big to us. Um, the last two weeks of our engagement, we didn't see each other or talk to each other. And it's because we kept getting tempted. Yeah, the yeah. temptation was so heavy. It was yeah. like, yo, we can't even be around each other. So wow. God was like, yeah, y'all need to fast from each other for two weeks. So the last two weeks of our engagement, we didn't see each other mm. or talk to each other. And when we tell people that, it's like, what? Mm. Like, why, why would you do that? Because our mission and goal is to glorify God. Mm. And we can't talk dating with purpose if we don't go through the process of understanding, yes, we slipped up, made a mistake, and then saying, okay. God knew we were going to make that mistake. God knew we're not imperfect mm-hmm. people. So moving forward, let's implement implement boundaries so that we don't make the same mistake again. Yeah. Like let's protect ourselves mm-hmm. from messing up this covenant. Mm-hmm. right? And so in doing that, um, that's positioned us to be able to say, you don't have to be perfect. A hundred percent of the time to date with purpose. Like you can, if you slipped up, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Don't keep doing it. Like mm-hmm. repent and implement the necessary boundaries right. necessary to keep you from falling out again. Mm-hmm. Like that's what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. And see you, I think what a lot of people do, they use that as like a, a crutch, like, well, uh, God knows my heart. Yeah. He do know your heart. 
<laughs> and that's not a good thing. Yeah, like he 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 know what you're capable of. <laughs> hundred. Yeah. And, and then like on Sunday, uh, one of the uh, pastors that preached was talking about repentance, and I I. I I never thought about repentance. He he was saying that we can always think about repentance turning away from something, but it's really turning to something. Like I'm trying, I, I want to be, instead, I'm, I'm going to stop being impure. No, I'm going to turn towards purity. Yeah, that's good. You I know, like that. Yeah. and the Bible says, like, if your right hand makes you like sin, cut it off. That's you the know scripture what I'm I was thinking about when you were saying that. Like, is, yeah. And that's the step that I think a lot of people miss is that like words they cheat talk is cheap like like where you gonna put where where you gonna put your money you know and and it's like if you really are going to be about it are you willing to take that next step to say okay we're not gonna kiss for however long you know and we don't know it may be until we we get married yeah and we're willing to do that. But I think that's the 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 step that a lot of people miss is that like, oh, well, I messed up. I'm just going to do better next time. Okay, so what's your plan to do better? You know? So, yeah. You got something, babe? Yeah. I, something that, that stands out to me about you guys' story, because it's awesome to see in, in retrospect. You know what I mean? We're at the end of the road and we can see. But I think when you start to talk about, all of the things that you guys, the the boundaries and this, that, the other. Um, it's all a matter of perspective when you're looking at, at what it means to be a Christian. So from one vantage point, it could seem like that's a very prohibitive lifestyle, right? Like it's really about all these rules and uh, all these things that you're, yeah, re- restrictions. And that's weird, right? But if I told you today, hey, Carrington, you want to make a million dollars in a year? All right, I'm going to give you a million dollars if you wake up at 530 in the morning and if you wear this thing and do this thing. Now, it could seem wacky to everybody else in the world that I'm saying go wake up 530 in the morning and go mow your lawn like this guy mowing his lawn outside. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And all your neighbors are going to be like, man, this is crazy. And what you got to do all of that. But if you are if you understand that, you have a purpose, meaning a goal. Like these are not just rules that you're getting into. Like these are practical things to give you the desired outcome in any other way will equal you not getting the thing that you wanted. So like if you, when you talked about the the first girl that you meant, you know, you were going to make her your wife a hundred percent that would have probably worked if you kept going down the, but you would not have gotten the desired result. You know what I mean? Yeah, so the yeah. things that, that you do and, and, and move, I think that's an important thing for people listening and for even us to, to keep in mind is all these things we do, they're not just arbitrary laws and restrictions. These are, this is the recipe to get the thing you want. And it's, with that being said, I think people need to know it's not, there's not a formula and it's not, you do X, Y, and Z and get this because it, it has to do with your heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we can say, you know, no sex until marriage and setting boundaries within relationships and speaking to one another kindly and choosing wisely. But it's like, you're not just doing things things it's there's a heart behind it and it's about the person that you're becoming in the process because if you're able to withstand before marriage if you're able you know it'll you're becoming a person that in marriage you're less likely to probably 
have infidelity when you're because you're learning that self-control mm-hmm. beforehand. You know, it's it's you're it's all about the person you're becoming in the process. And so we always recommend, you know, one, if someone didn't start off that way there, it's like, it doesn't mean that your relationship's doomed to failure. It's Mm -hmm. just having that wisdom of let's just continue to make steps in our relationship and do things that honor God. Because at the end of the day, people can say, oh, I'm withstanding from sex from marriage, but not know the reason why. In my past, when sex was a factor in mar- in relationships, the relationships ended in heartbreak. Right. I came out on the other side depressed with soul ties, feeling as if, you know, I couldn't let go of someone and you you don't want to carry that baggage into your future marriage. Right. 100%. And I love, like, what you brought up about, you know, doing what you have to do to get your desire in because that's the big thing. And it's like... How bad do you really want what you say you want? Like, if you really desire a successful relationship, a successful business, like, what are you willing to do to position yourself to mm-hmm. do that and experience that? And I, I believe a lot of people, um, as you touched on as well, like, when they do read the Bible or they read, you know, the expectations of God and what he requires of us, it's like, all these rules, all these things I can't do, like, I don't want to live, I don't want to, I don't want to believe in a God that putting all these rules on me. Well, it's not a matter of there being rules. Because Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and give you hope in the future. Well, the Bible also says that God's not a man that he shall lie. So if he told you that he has plans to prosper you, plans to give you hope and plans to give you a future, then the, the boundaries that he have in place are not about restricting you from living and experiencing life. It's about positioning you to get the desired end that you have. Right. But then also it's a matter of discipline. Like, I believe that as Christians, men and women of God, we're all called to lead in some capacity and in some space. Like, whatever that is, whether it's two people, three people, five people, 100,000 people, we're all called to lead. And the first level of leadership is self-discipline. If you can't lead yourself properly, Mm -hmm. you can't expect that you could be able to lead somewhere else, somewhere else, something else, somebody else properly. So, especially for, like, men, so I'm big on men. As a man, if you can't discipline yourself to not have sex, if you can't discipline yourself to stop drinking, to stop clubbing, to stop doing all the stuff that you're doing, then how can you expect to be able to lead a wife? Like, how is that going to work? Yeah. Like, you can't lead yourself properly, yeah. and you control yourself. So how are you going to lead somebody else properly, and they have their own mind? Yeah. Mm. Woo! Try mic. So <laughs> when I was in college, um, <clears throat> like I became a Christian at... 21 um and from a different completely completely different background but uh you know one the one thing that i really appreciated was i we kind you know our campus ministry we we really kind of conducted ourselves in that same way just um building very spiritual relationships so my relationship with a a one of my sisters it just was completely different than anything else that I'd ever had, right? You know, we had these boundaries in place and what it produced, and I didn't even really recognize it until I was departed from that a bit. Um, and and I was gone and then I came back and I, I got to see these women, you know, that were in this period of my life in the way that I looked at them. So all of these boundaries, what it does is for me, I I feel like it strips away the poison that the world tries to to introduce. So when you look at a, a, 
the relationship between a man and a woman is really in the world is really filled with a lot of um, expectations and uh, not expectations, but motives. You know what I mean? So gotcha. you're not really just hang. I, what I say, like a man and a woman can't just be, but it's all, I don't care what it is. You're going to have some type of arterial motives, but um, when you strip away and you put the boundaries, because some of that is our sinful nature, but when yeah. you put boundaries in place and that is the fruit of your relationship, I, I came, when I moved to Dallas, I connected with a girl who um, I had known in, in campus ministry and it just sparked back like, I love this girl as a, and I, it's 100% pure. And I can only think like going into a marriage, building on those type of things, you are not going to struggle with the same things, at, you know, that you would without putting those boundaries in because you set a, a kind of like a foundation of of a pure relationship. I love you for you. You love me for me. And yeah. then the physical things that come with marriage are almost like a the intimacy that you get as a husband and wife is like the sprinkle. Your relationship, yeah. if you're not married, your relationship should be the same, period. Girlfriend, boyfriend, friends, they're all the same inside the kingdom. Once you get married, that's where God has that extra level of intimacy on top. So, yeah. Wow, you guys are good. <laughs> so, all right. So then we're moving forward. So now you guys are married. So it's not dating with purpose. It's now married with purpose. So what does that look like? Because I think, I think in our society, people, though we marry, people still have individualized minds. You know, you're doing you. I'm doing me. And I think that's something that we'll probably all struggle with yeah. because we're all individuals. You know what I'm saying? So what, how do you guys at this point, how are y'all living your life married with purpose? And what are some practical things that you do to keep y'all selves doing that? So how are we living our lives married with purpose? Um, we're happily living our <laughs> lives married with purpose. Um but one thing that you have to do that I believe that everybody needs to do um, before you even say I do is, um, one, you need to get clear to make sure that's who you're supposed to be with for sure. And then you have to understand that um, marriage is a ministry. Mm-hmm. And there's a mission that comes with, that's uh, right. uh, with marriage. And, and I believe, not even just believe, I know 100% that God calls each marriage to do something specifically. Mm. Like I believe that all marriage, the purpose of them is to be an expression of a relationship with God and God's love. But then along with that, God has a calling and a purpose um, for all marriages. And so I think it's very important to sit down with your spouse and say, or or your significant (laughs) other that's about to be your spouse and say, hey, um, when you look at the world, like what tugs at your heartstrings? Like what do you what do you see when you see the world? What do you hate that's going on in the world? Like what do you want to see change and be different? And from a conversation like that, you get to write stuff down and you get to see, okay, this bothers me, okay, that bothers you too. And that allows you to say, okay, you know what? We both have an issue with this. Yeah. Maybe God has called us to do something about that. Mm. And it's funny because when I first met Ashley, like before, even in a relationship, she was like, I know 100% God has called me to a ministry of relationships and marriage. Mm. She said, without a doubt, 100%. When she told me that, I said, okay, cool. Like, you can do that. Like, God called me to be an athlete mm-hmm. and to work with athletes. Like, I ain't, you can have that, right? Mm-hmm. But 
as we continue to grow together, have conversations with each other, have conversations that connect with other couples, it's like my heart just started to transition to, I hate this. Like people don't do relationships right. That causes dysfunction. I don't like homelessness. I don't like abuse. I don't like Mm. a lot of stuff. And I've recognized that the reason, that's why I do what I do. Like I've recognized that the reason why people experience so much dysfunction and negativity in life is because they had horrible examples of relationships and horrible experiences of relationships. So it's like, if God called me to mow boys into men, mow men into husbands, if God called me to decrease the 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 um, divorce rate, if God called me to, to position people to have the confidence to go and pursue um, the life that he called them to rather than the comfortable life and the limited life and the lower life that he expects from you, I need to do something about relationships. And the fact that my wife, when we first met, was like, oh, it's relationships. Mm-hmm. That was just for me like, okay, God, I got you. Mm-hmm. And then we both just agreed on it, clicked up on it, and said, okay, this is our mission. Let's go get it. Mm-hmm. Let's get it done. Mm-hmm. So what do y'all do? Um, because that's easier said than done. Because at the same time, y'all are individuals yeah. right. mm-hmm. with your own sinful natures. Y'all are raising some babies. Yes. You got life. Definitely. Life happens. And I know that you guys do a lot of work together and things like that. So how do you all make the balance? Like, how do you turn off the business and then keep the personal? And then, you know, how do y'all do that? And how are y'all continuing to do it? Because I know you probably have some stumbles and, you know, you come back. Yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely hasn't been perfect. And what, what was it recently? Like two weeks ago, we said that when it comes to work at five o'clock we shutting everything mm-hmm. down because especially because we both work from home mm-hmm. it can easily we can it could feel like we're working from sun up to sundown mm-hmm. and no stopping point so yeah. setting boundaries when it comes to when we're going to be off of our phones when we're stopped working as in checking emails being on social media uh, we've set those boundaries recently because that has been a stumbling block Mm -hmm. you know when it's just like we can be so busy and it's like we're just kind of like it's like Mm -hmm. we're just kind of doing our own thing Mm -hmm. um so we had to set those boundaries but uh i honestly think at the end of the day god's grace is sufficient so we have the energy to get done exactly what we need to get done, Mm -hmm. take care of our children, manage our home. And we also employ help. So we don't expect to do every single thing on our own. God sends us people to help us. Mm -hmm. um, If it's in the area of our family, if it's housework, if it's business related things, we know that in order to do everything God calls us to do, we can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. Any successful corporation, ministry, business, anything, you can't do it alone. Yeah. So we definitely um, depend on God's grace and are very prayerful on asking God to send people to help us just move forward the vision he's given us. Mm-hmm. So it's like to do it, to do anything big properly, you have to first be the example. Like, you have to start growing yourself in the area. Yeah. So that's one of the things um, that we definitely done. But then also, um, it's very important to consistently be connected to your priorities. And, like, consistently remind yourself, like, what your priorities, t- priorities are. Because when it comes down to it, it's like, if, you, if you're consistently looking at your top five priorities, then your life needs to reflect 
what your top five priorities are and what that would look like. Mm-hmm. So we need to cut off. We need to stop doing our work stuff at five because normally when our daughter comes home, for some reason she does not take a nap mm. at school. Mm-mm. So when she gets home, she'll have a snack or a light a light lunch or something, and then go to sleep, and she'll mm-hmm. wake up at five. So by the time she wakes up, because family is a top five priority, the rest of the day needs to be dedicated to spending time as a father, as a husband, as a wife, as a mm-hmm. mother, rather than doing this work. Because mm-hmm. all day we've had the opportunity to do work. And when it comes down to it, there will always be something that you have to do. Right. Yeah. Like there is always something always. that has to get done, needs to get done, yeah. and can get done. Mm-hmm. But you have to ask yourself. And I, and I always ask, especially couples, I always say, so with whatever it is that you're pursuing, going after, and whatever it is that you're doing and giving your yes to, because a lot of us, um, our priorities are 100% wrong, like out of alignment, out of place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe most people put work higher than work should be. And so you'll come in contact with people that work, 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 mm-hmm. and their families are suffering. And so I always, the question, if they, I always ask this question. I say, so let me ask you something. Why are you working like that for my family? Got you. So you mean to tell me you're going to work spending all these hours for your family to love your family and invest in your family when you ain't spending no time with your family? Mm-hmm. Got you. So then I say, so let me ask you this. If you were to leave your, if your family was to leave you right now, mm-hmm. would your work still be as important? The response is always no. Mm-hmm. So if you were to leave your job today, mm-hmm. would your family still be as important? Mm-hmm. Definitely. So that means your family is a bigger mm-hmm. priority than your mm-hmm. job and you need to invest more in your family mm-hmm. than you do your job. Mm-hmm. Like, you just got to align mm-hmm. your priorities right and make the necessary sacrifices. Forget mm-hmm. what the world's talking about. Forget what the world say because the Bible tells us, Romans 12, too, like, be not conformed to the ways of this world, but That's be right. transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm-hmm. So God's perfect will can be shown. So it's like, well, if the world tells me to do this and I'm doing this, wait a minute, I'm tripping. Why am I taking advice on how to live a godly life by a world that don't even like receive or even believe in God. That's right. That don't make no sense. Mm -hmm. So you have to be, you have to recognize and point out what your priorities truly are and then align your life to reflect that. Mm -hmm. I always uh, think about that because like it's, you know, we're not of the world, but we're in the world. So it's like a constant reminder. You know what I'm saying? It's like everywhere you go. And like, even with my job, I've had to, you know, of course, at at your job, you get an incentive for working more. You know what I'm saying? They reward those that work more, you know? And with my particular job, I do house calls. And there are people on my team that they'll travel all around the state. You know what I'm saying? And and I that was one of my my non-negotiables. Like that was the whole reason I went back to school. I'm not taking call, I'm not working at night, I'm not working on the weekends. My time with my family is my family. And I'm raising women. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So they got to see me. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? And so I even had to have a conversation with my boss like what are other ways outside of this? Like, what are some things that I can do during work hours? Because, like, I was noticing, like, if the requirement to get elevated at my job is to travel, well, I'm never going to. I'm never going to meet that. And I'm going to have to reconsider being here if I'm always going to have to be. I'm already you've already taken my legs from up under me, you know, and just this evaluation period. Like I was telling him, my girls are getting a little bit older. I may be able to do a little bit of stuff, but going to the border, seeing that ain't going to ever be me. 
and me, we don't run our household as a single parent home. Definitely. It's both of us, you know, right. and they need that's, both of us. Yeah. And that's really good. And it reminds me, our pastor did a great series on like helping people identify what season they're in mm-hmm. because he like for Carrington and I were in a similar season with you, like with you guys where we have smaller children. And he was saying, you know, there's couples out here that have smaller children that are trying to live like empty nesters. Mm-hmm. And then when the, you are empty nesters, it's like the reverse. You're trying to be all in your children's life that's and in their right. business. And it's like, no, you should have been there doing that mm, and pouring good. into them when they were that, when they were young. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's an, kind of going back to your question, question that's another that really hit me because before we had kids and I know we were speaking a little bit about marriage today too before we had children we had more flexibility we could get up and travel you know it was it was very different and in it something that I've had to accept and adjust as a mother is that things slow down a little bit when Mm -hmm. you have kids Mm -hmm. and you're not out and you I mean you can still travel and do all of these mm-hmm. things but there's it feels completely yeah. different because you're responsible mm-hmm. for for other people so just kind of knowing what season you're in and not looking at social media seeing people traveling mm-hmm. and living mm-hmm. their best life because sometimes it's like oh it is friday night and we're at the home we're here. At, at home yeah. watching netflix we're having making cookies That's you know what friday yeah. is for us exactly <laughs> so just really recognizing the season you're in but just one thing i wanted to say about what you just said about mm-hmm. the conversation that you had with your mm-hmm. supervisor it's like mm-hmm. most people won't have that conversation because and and that's an expression of how much you love yourself and what the relationship looks like mm-hmm. that you have with yourself and your family and that priority most people won't have that conversation because mm-hmm. they don't see themselves as the blessing in their workplace. Mm. Like when I, I was working with a client the other day and she was talking about a job. She had got fired from a job on Monday. She had just, no, she got hired on Monday, fired on Wednesday. What? Yeah, crazy. And she had a job in, and she was talking to me on that Thursday because she had a job interview at 11. And I was like, you need to walk in your job with the perspective and mindset that you're the blessing. Like by you being there, that company is going to experience abundance because mm. you're a child of God. You're the light and you're the salt. Like it's your job to change that environment as right. a salt. I ain't never been into no chicken and the chicken. No, I've never um, seasoned food, um, especially salt. Um, and the salt started tasting like the chicken. Like right. the chicken started tasting like the salt, the salt. not yeah. vice versa. Yeah. So as the salt, it's your job to go into every environment and space and change the flavor of it. That's and right. if you walk in there with confidence, prioritizing properly won't matter because you will know if you went in there with confidence saying, and respectfully said, hey, what do I need to do differently? I desire to grow. And they said, no, you would be comfortable saying, okay, well, I'm going to have to look for something else mm-hmm. because God blessed me with this job. If you can't, if you can't okay me aligning my life with the priorities that God gave me, mm-hmm. that means it's time for a new season and God has mm-hmm. a bigger blessing waiting for me. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you for, for myself, I have, I guess maybe earlier last year, uh, the last year was probably the most stressful time for me in terms of of working at this job yeah. uh really um a humbling time and really a time of uh you know i had to really reflect on you know me as a person you yeah. know and what i bring and I've, I've always been a pretty confident guy um especially in my abilities you know and i think that's good in certain respects but i think the thing that you said was like, that's not the value that I bring to yeah. this place. It's not that I'm, they can go get somebody else to do that. I bring something that's uniquely me, not just 
the fact that I'm bringing the spirit, but I'm bringing the spirit's manifestation in me. Mm. So not even another Christian could bring the same thing. Like God got me here for a reason or he takes me away. But um, I was going through this time where uh, I got a new boss and, you know, at my job, I've, I've really experienced a lot of success, you know, uh, but this was the first time where the things that that were intrinsically me, he did not really appreciate, <laughs> yeah. you know, he, he, he had his importance lied in other things, um, that, that I just, they weren't necessarily my strengths. And, um, you know, we kind of really just started butting heads on a lot of different things. And I've always had the conviction of, you know, God puts people in positions. So if this guy's my boss, I'm going to respect that and I'm going to try to work. But one thing that it did do was I started to struggle with um, being afraid, you know, like feeling like, am I going to, am I going to lose my job or am I going to, and so that was giving me the, uh, I was really tempted to want to press, you know, let me get on the, let me make, I'm with, normally when I'm with my family, I'm with my family, but let me hop on and, and make sure they know that I'm checking this. Let me do that. And let me do this. And I don't know what, what happened, man. I just started to get really wrapped up in it. And then one day I was just sitting there. He called me and said, um, Hey, can I, we do one-on-ones every week. He was like, Hey, can we meet uh, in the morning? And I'm a, a, a boss. I know what, you know, when you have, to, I've had to let people go before, yeah. and I got so ang- anxious, and to a point that I was just like, I struggled with anxiety in general, but I started to get super anxious, and I was like, man, I'm gonna, and I don't know, it's like God just slapped me and was like, boy, what are you doing? Who cares? Yeah, like, do you know who you are? Remember who you know you who are. I am. Yeah. don't worry about that stuff. And <clears throat> and it just woke me up all of a sudden, and I started to think about, you know. It, it changed the whole way that I went into that that meeting. I was like, you know what, man? I'm going to talk to him about this. And this is, and I had that conversation with him. I was like, listen, I can't function like this. Like, I literally came into this meeting feeling like you were going to let me go. And honestly, I am too. I don't have to take that. You know what I mean? I lay it out while you. I am here. I lay it out. Yeah. For you, and I give you everything I got. Now, perhaps you don't find the value in that and that's fair, but I can only give you what I can give you. I've changed. I've, I've changed anything you've asked me to. If that's not important, if that's not going to get it, it's not going to get it. And I appreciate it. I know hard feelings, but I can't do this thing, but it is a struggle to, and, and that was, you know, I had to get to that point and embrace whatever it was that I was having fears about. But when you get into that situation of insecurity, it makes you press and make bad decisions. And mm. if I went in there pushing that, it it would have, you know, I'd still be stressed out. A hundred percent. And so um, us as people, because you, you said one of my favorite words, which is fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the word fear. Um, and the reason why I love fear, because God really gave me clarity about fear. And so um, God told me, he said, son, fear is a disconnect with identity. Mm. The only reason why we experience and feel fear is because we've forgotten in that moment what I said to you. Because mm. if you remembered that I told you you were more than a conqueror through me, if you remembered that I told you that all things I made, like God said, I cause all things to work together for your good. Like if you remembered that, if you remembered that you were created in my image and my likeness, like if you remembered that I had plans to prosper, you give you hope in the future. If you remembered everything that I told you, you would have no space for fear mm-hmm. because you know who you are 
And then also John 14, Jesus said, you have the ability to do even greater things that Jesus Christ did when he was on earth. So it's like, if you really believe that you were who my Bible told you were, you wouldn't even fear. What is that? Like there would be no need for the word courageous because courageous is had feeling fear and doing something anyways. The word courageous shouldn't even be in the dictionary because if we as people, as Christians, we believe that we were everything that the Bible said we were, fear wouldn't even have no access to our life because I'm walking in the power, authority, and dominion and identity that God gave me. Right. But then along with fear being a disconnect with identity, a lot of times when we feel fear, um, because of the way that we define it in our relationship with it, it's all negative. And really... Um, the feeling of fear, because we all feel fear, yeah. the feeling of fear, because that can be temporary. Like, it's a difference between feeling fear and experiencing fear. Yeah. But the feeling of fear um, is a blessing and a gift because what the feeling of fear is, it's your potential expressing excitement for the opportunity to show you who you really are. Oh, so when we So when we feel in fear, it's always in a situation where, like you just said, the outcome is unknown. Like, I have no idea what's on the other side of this. Uh -huh. And what that really is, is that's the real Melvin saying, hey- this is an opportunity for me to show you, or really for you to show yourself who you really are, how strong you really are, and how amazing you really are. Like, this is an opportunity for you to see that you are everything that you really want to believe about yourself, do believe about yourself, and then more. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, like, the reason why it feels like that is because the real you is on the inside of you jumping, like, go, mm -hmm. go, <laughs> yeah. go, go. So it's like the key to overcoming fear and really destroying it from your life is really reaching a point where you don't just read the Bible, but when you do read the Bible, you hear the Bible, you feel the Bible, and you accept the Bible as truth, and you walk in that confidently. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, James, I believe it's in James, it says like when you read the Bible, don't be like a man that sees their face and then steps away and forgets who they are. Like yeah. you need to apply it. And when you talk about fear and we're thinking about, of course, you know, here I go, Miss Nurse. You know, I'm thinking about physiologically, you know, what your body does is fight or flight. So you choose which one are you going to do? Are you going to fight? Fight for who you are? Or are you going to flee? You know what I'm saying? Like you can you can make that decision. And then you know what? It's a con like I said, like one of the words you said was remember. Like it's a constant thing. Like we're Definitely. going to feel it. Yeah. Jesus felt fear, but he didn't let it overtake him. He was focused on what he was supposed to Definitely. do. But it all goes back to, or do you know what you're supposed to do? <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Are you staying? Are you staying one with God? Do you know? Are you hearing him? Because if you're not, then you really are. Yeah. being tossed around and you, you, know? you got to be careful because fear give you false expectations of the situation like mm -hmm. the feeling of fear causes us to create all the net yeah. like we don't even think about the good possibilities of this mm -hmm. situation like it's all negative 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 mm -hmm. negative and that's a problem because um when we expect that a lot of times that's exactly what definitely may um end up happening and I was about to say something else, but it slipped my mind. Okay. So God gonna bring it back when yeah. I say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is good, y'all. This is good. So I guess just to kind of wrap it up, because we because we can get up here and get to talking forever. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess like what is on the horizon? Um, what as you look at your life, what are some areas that you all feel like you're good at and some areas of for room? Of and what a lot room for improvement. Y'all know I'm country. Room for improvement. 
<laughs> so my wife's squinting her eyes, so I'm going to go first. Um, so an area of life that I believe I'm great at is relationships. Mm-hmm. Like I'm real good at loving people mm-hmm. and supporting people and caring for people. An area of my life that I got to do a lot better than, and, mm. and my wife would definitely attest to this, is just being more organized. Mm. Like a lot of times, so at, my wife bought me a calendar and a planner and really <laughs> multiple, and she like, hey, write it down. Now, now we got Google calendars on our phone. They connected. Hey, yeah. put it in the calendar. If something yeah. going on, put it in the calendar. Because for me, because I have so much that I want to get done, yeah. I'll try to get it all done in a day mm. and not get nothing done. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so being organized is definitely what I got to work on. Mm. Yeah. Um, and for me, one thing that I feel like I'm great at is business and organization. Um, and something that I need to work on, I mean, it doesn't really relate to what we're talking about. It's just kind of like health. Mm -hmm. Like I really want to be intentional this year about what kind of food we have in our household and just being consistent with exercise and taking care of my body. Mm -hmm. I just signed up to Camp Gladiator. Shout out to oh, wow. the boot camp. Yeah. Be over here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but my health, that's the area that I really want to work on is just building those habits to consistently making sure I'm grabbing the healthy meals and mm-hmm. being consistent working out. Yeah. Got anything, babe? Um, are you asking me the same question? <laughs> oh, well, yeah, we can do the same question. Or, and I, I think, you know, and I like what y'all said, but I was meaning like oh. marriage. Oh, <laughs> like, okay. like, like married with purpose. With keeping that in mind, like, yeah. what are some things that are working well? Like, you know what? This is a strength, but you know what? We need to tighten up in these areas. Yeah. Um, I think over time we've gotten to the place where, and I, well, no, this is definitely me. So, this is what place that I've grown. Um, a place that I'm good at now with us is expressing my emotions hmm. and how I'm feeling in the moment. Like I grew up with the mindset and perspective that as a man, you don't cry, you don't mm. feel, and even if you do, nobody cares. Mm. So keep it to yourself. And so Ashley, she would get frustrated with me because she would do something that would make mm. me feel some type of way, and she don't know it except by my body language and my demeanor with her. Mm-hmm. So it's like now I'm like I'm better mm-hmm. at saying yo. You said this. You just annoyed me. We need to holler. We need to have a conversation because mm. let me make sure that I heard you properly. Mm-hmm. Because I, a lot of times we have conversations with people, and it's like we say something, yeah, but we can't determine how they decode what you express. Yeah. So it's like mm-hmm. let me make sure I heard you properly, yeah. So I make sure that I'm supposed to be upset, yeah. That so we really need this conversation. And then one area that um, I definitely. Um, need to do better. And it's funny because I prayed about it last night. I said, baby, hold my hand. I need to pray for myself about this, um, about being more consistent with growth as a couple, hmm. like in the form of being sure that on a consistent basis, we're doing devotionals together, mm-hmm. always reading together. Um, and then one thing that we loved to, that we started off doing that we, we're definitely going to get back to doing it consistently is um, we do something called a marriage recap. Hmm. So on Sundays, we sit down and we take three or four areas of our marriage and we say, okay, communication, health, um, intimacy, mm. um, and just pick some one or two more things. And it's like, okay, let's rate these areas mm-hmm. from A to F. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got an F in this, a B in this, a C in this. And we're doing it for ourselves. Like, mm-hmm. how would you rate yourself? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, what is one thing I need to work on for next week? Or what is what is something I can do 
to be better in this area mm-hmm. because then it's like okay let's assess this relationship and then apply things that can that that'll, that we can do better because naturally in any relationship you're naturally like growing apart like if you don't put any time energy yeah. effort folks in a relationship like you're growing apart mm-hmm. and so it's like let's actively do what we need to do to grow together in this relationship so we don't fall apart mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and then my area of improvement is just us having fun together mm-hmm. because so as a wife a mom it i can be really focused on just getting things done yeah. keeping things in yeah. order and it can really take the fun mm-hmm. out of a situation so um we have two vacations planned one for march one for april mm-hmm. which i had to intentionally plan or else yeah. it would just be kind of the routine of life mm-hmm. so having fun together is definitely the area of improvement, I think, to continue to be married with purpose because mm-hmm. you don't want it just to be about everything business and everything so serious, but yeah. making room for enjoying yeah. each other. That's where that's where we're at, too, is that, you know, we we were friends. Like, that's my person. For anybody to watch Grey's Anatomy, that's my person. Like, if I'm not with him and I'm having fun with somebody else, I always be like, I wish Melvin was here. here like this. Oh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, And so, like, us and, and we early on, we were pregnant with Farah, our oldest. We were over one of our elders' homes. And one thing that they told us, because they have, like, grown kids. They about to have, like, their kids were in college and grown. And they were like... Don't be afraid to like put stuff on the calendar because people feel like it has to be so organic and we should just go out when we feel like it. Well, then you'll never feel like it. 100%. You'll mess around. Your kids be 10 and you like, when when the last time we did anything without these little jokers? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. And it's like people don't, you know, it's, I'm not ashamed to say, like, yeah, we got us a date and I'll be looking, I'll be like, hmm, okay, who we gonna get this babysitter? You know, so we're just, being in, like working at that because yeah. you will you'll get so wrapped up in what you're doing life and we're in a stage now we're like our family our parents they're getting older you know our ext- a lot of some of a lot of our stress ain't even from us it's just people around us you know what I'm saying us making sure about a year ago we decided to make sure that like we leaned into our family because you know Melvin's dad um is is struggling with dementia you know my dad is like in his 70s you know they're getting on up in age you know what I'm saying so we're like you know I got our nieces our nephews they growing up you know what I'm saying it's like we got to impart we, we got to imprint ourselves on people. But even in the midst of that, you can lose yourself doing that. Though all that stuff is good, you know. So, like, like y'all, we got a, a, we're going to New York City in, what was it, August? Yeah, yeah, I think August. Yeah. And so we just, like, trying to figure that out. And, like, Melvin's been really good at, like, um, when we do family getaways, that it's just us. Because the grandparents like to tag alone. They be like, I want to see. They want they want to see their baby's first experience. And Melvin was like, but what's for us, though? Like, we need to have those experiences first with our kids. We need to see the first before anybody. You see, know what I'm saying? I'm like, bring the grand- grandparents <laughs> so y'all can help out. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what I'm thinking. I'm like, oh, yeah, we going to have fun. Because yeah. even my mama was like, y'all going to New York City? Oh, I want to go. I said, who going to watch the baby? <laughs> Cause that's right. just gonna be just me and him, yeah. you know. Somebody gotta watch these kids. <laughs> but that is something that we're being very intentional uh, about doing. It's just 
keeping that in the forefront, you know, like our, like you were saying, our priorities are like our family, our kids, you know, growing with each other and really being what I had to apologize to him at the marriage retreat was just like being individualistic in my thinking, you know, like I'm doing good in spiritual walk, my spiritual walk, but I'm not bringing him along with me or vice versa, you know? And that was what the pastor was saying that he was like, you know, you know, we're getting across this finish line together. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. Even if one has to push the other at one point in time as we're racing across that finish line. But like, if one need to walk, we both walking. If we're going to sprint, we both going to sprint, you know? And like, I turned to him, I said, baby, I'm so sorry because I ain't been sprinting with you, baby. I ain't been sprinting. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's, you know, it's all, all will that ends well. What about you, babe? Yeah, I think, uh, for me, an area that I want to improve in is kind of along your point of being more unified in in our our true purpose, you know, praying together more routinely. You know, we there was a while there where we pray together every morning. Um, and I think really every area of our life in, improved after that. It was a lot easier in terms of like intimacy and being more connected because you for me, that's the time I really get to see her heart. You know, um, you still may have disagreements, but they come to resolution way easier. And we're not a couple who really argues over a lot of things. We have very, we said this before, mm -hmm. like we got, we've had three arguments in our whole relationship. We just have them over and over times. again. You we know? just have oh. them about yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the same it, thing. And it's, okay. None of it, and, and all of it in retrospect is embarrassing to, for how stupid it is. But yeah. um, yeah, just getting together and, and making sure we're praying together and really taking the, the lead in that. Because I'm not a person that likes to get up, you know, I don't, I like to just wake up, you know, I'm not very <laughs> organized in terms of that, that type of thing. So being way more disciplined in, in that area in making sure that I'm being very intentional in it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's the biggest thing. But you think me. we do good, boo? I think communication. Yeah. I think we, we do well in communicating. I'm kind of like you, I had to grow in letting her know when something is bothering me yeah. or if I have a problem with something. And really I had to figure out, I do have problems with things. I thought I was just easy going like, yeah, whatever. But, you know, realizing that that's not giving her a fair chance to work on things. And um, also communicating those things in a way that's not preachy. You know what I mm. mean? Like I'm going to, let me tell her about her problem. Uh, but I think we've grown in that area. And I think that's, that's our strength is being able to communicate, have fun and just, you know, enjoy one another. And I just want to say why I had that issue. Um, and this might be controversial. Nah. Don't hit me, nobody. Um, but the reason why I believe that I had the issue of not wanting to have those conversations is because I wanted to protect the relationship and because it's like, I want to make, like, I, if I have this conversation with her, it's going to make her feel some type of way or whatever. Mm -hmm. Not realizing that my wife is like, we'll have a, a, a debate or disagreement, and she uh, tw two seconds later, she ain't even thinking about it. But um, because I, re like I said, it's going to be controversial. So because I accepted everybody else's truths of happy wife, happy life, mm. that's what was throwing me off. Because it's like, my wife's smiling and happy, but I ain't happy. 
So it's like, mm-hmm. my life ain't happy if my wife is. So I had to accept the fact that, bro, having a happy wife, having a happy life is bigger than just having a happy wife. Like, you within yourself need to be happy. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to have joy, peace, and love within yourself because not only will that position you to have a happy wife, but everything in your life will be more phenomenal because you good. Mm-hmm. Oh, brother, I'll tell you right now. Kimberly will tell you, yeah. I, I don't subscribe to that oh. uh, line <laughs> of thinking. You don't. It, because it's a lie. I think it it's a lie. a lie. Really, mm-hmm. you are letting your wife be happy with a lie and not really knowing at the end of the day, y'all both want to be your, in your house, you want to be able to be your authentic self. Exactly. Everything included. You know what I mean? And I think that's where love comes in. Kimberly and I, um, I we did not have a, uh, we did not date with purpose. No, we did we not. We did not get married with purpose. No, we did not. <laughs> and, um, you know, we talk about it in uh, our last, we had a, a little series of, of our episodes. Testimonies. Where we yeah. talk about our testimony. But um, mm. really, it uh, our my life was revolutionized when we became, you know, Christians and we brought God into our lives. And the thing is, is really having an opportunity to communicate honestly with one another. For some reason, that just blanked out of my mind what I was getting to on that. Tag on it. That, but, that, that the happy wife, happy life. Eh, nah, okay, it's gone. Okay. okay. But, I mean, what you said is is really good because, again, like, I, like, the first two years of our marriage, I was like, oh, this is the best and blah, blah, blah. And then... I thought Carrington was feeling the same way, but again, he wasn't being like authentic with what was things that bothered him and things like that. So I think it's really important that, like you said, both people can be their authentic selves. Yeah. Yeah. And break out of that, that mode, man, because it, there's things that we talk about where if I just, things that I didn't communicate earlier in our relationship, where now I'm like, if I just would have communicated that she would have been working on helping me to see whether it's changing something or being more careful with how she presented things because my wife is awesome. You know what I mean? She's a woman of God. She wants to be her best, not for me, but for God. You know what I mean? And giving each other, especially as Christians, I think that that's the biggest travesty because we all signed up for the same thing, right? We want to be our best for God. So obviously if we communicate something, Mm -hmm. We're going to work on it however it needs to. And that's such a key factor in having a healthy, purposeful marriage when you're married to someone who wants to be their best for God. Mm -hmm. And when when people have a lot of issues and turmoil, it's because they don't have that vision. But when you're married to someone who wants to be their best for God and you know if they you present them with an area that you see can be improved and they're like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to try to get better. Mm -hmm. That is a huge key, I think, Mm -hmm. to having a successful relationship. I think happy wife, happy life should be more on the woman because like being happy with yourself because even yesterday I had a whole life because I told y'all it was drama up in this house. I know the power that I have in my home as far as if I walk around with a bad attitude, it changes the whole dynamic of the family. My kids pick up on it. My husband is tiptoeing around and that's not the environment that I want. So happy life Happy wife, happy life, meaning like, Kim, get yourself happy. 
You know, like I literally, after I dropped my daughter off yesterday, I had to pull over, I had to pray. I said, child, I said, Lord, please help me. I mean, literally, I was crying out to God. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what, let me hop on this live and tell people what I was struggling with. Because yesterday, I I basically told everybody, which I'm not going to (laughs) do. Like, everybody got it yesterday. I had to come back, had to apologize, all that stuff. Because I never want that environment in my home to feel, it's our haven. You know what I'm saying? And if I, and I am the one that takes responsibility of making sure that it's a haven. Because I'm the keeper of the home and that's part of it you know what I'm saying I think about the Proverbs 31 woman and that was one that's always a scripture I always come back to that's my that's my person that's my person I'm like she created an environment where her family could call her blessed you know what I'm saying she took care of them they were confident in her it said that her husband he didn't have I mean he had confidence in her why because she was creating that environment she had already proven herself and it's like so I think deeper past that like what kind of environment and I'm am I creating I don't want it all to go my way because then that means nobody happy with me so Anything else, guys? Any last words before we sign off? For anybody listening that uh, is not familiar with with the Browns, uh, they are a phenomenal couple. Um, yeah, and I don't think guys. that they're. Uh, you know, they say that those who can't do teach. Uh, I don't think that that's the case here. You guys, this life is an example of. Uh, it's not just empty words. You date mm-hmm. with a purpose, and the purpose is. I, the ultimate purpose is y'all going to make it to heaven. But along the way, God's plan, if lived out correctly, makes everything else much richer and sweeter, you know. So um, I see that in you guys. I'm, and I'm definitely honored to get to meet you and have, have enjoyed talking to y'all this mm-hmm. during this time. Mm-hmm. And thank you for having it. us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> An open forum. Come on by. Carrington, you can hop on the drums. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. Well, anyways, guys, you guys have been listening to the Soul Sense podcast. And uh, we thank y'all for listening as always. Um, yeah, that's it. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Peace.